Hello, Movie Marathoners, and welcome to the Movie Marathoners Sundance 5K series, a series of short episodes centered on the films released at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. I'm your host, Mati, and in this episode, I'm joined by film critic Morgan Roberts, whose writing can be found at In Their Own League, Shuffle Online, and Filmotomy. And we are reviewing the film Passing. Morgan, welcome back to the podcast. It's been way too long. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. You know, I think I've now hit four films today, so I'm feeling surprisingly awake, surprisingly motivated. It's been a good day. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. I'm on, this is my sixth film today, but I think I'm done. So uh, let's let's get straight into it. Um, Just as a reminder, every Sundance 5K series episode will be spoiler free. And today we are talking about passing. So first, a synopsis of passing. Two African-American women who can pass as white choose to live on opposite sides of the color line in 1929 New York in this exploration of racial and gender identity, performance, obsession, and repression. Passing stars Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega, and it is written and directed by Rebecca Hall. All right, Morgan. So we just saw this film. Like, I think it literally ended for me 10 minutes ago. So these are really, really fresh. This has been fun because people have just been talking straight out of their heart, not prepping anything. So what are your overall thoughts of this film? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very stylish and I really loved the writing in particular of this one. I'm also a Rebecca Hall fan. So I kind Mm -hmm. of was going in with high expectations to begin with. And um, yeah, I just thought it was great. Yeah, I think this one was definitely one of the like noisiest of the films going into the festival, I would say like a lot of people had really high expectations for this. Did it meet your expectations? Um, It did in a lot of ways that I didn't expect because I knew it was going to be very character driven. I just assumed based on Ruth Naga and Tessa Thompson, and especially Ruth Naga is known for those meteor character driven roles. But I didn't realize that it would kind of be like this really biting film about, I mean, I don't know if you found this, but like some of the dialogue was really funny. Like I didn't expect to kind of chuckle from time to time. I was expecting this extremely melodramatic piece and it kind of fit into a few genres instead of just one. Yeah, I I thought that it had a lot of very um, stage play like writing. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of dialogue back and forth. And I agree that the dialogue is one of the best parts of the film. I think where the film struggled for me a little bit is the um, narrative thrust, I guess I would say, that it, it sort of after a little while, I was like, okay, where are we going? And it didn't have that full force of a, a compelling plot, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, I mean, it was a little, it kind of dragged a little bit, especially, I think probably by like the hour mark, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like we need a little bit more conflict outside of, you know, what it means to be black. Um, Cause that was kind of the only conflict that we were really seeing at that point was identity. And um, I think we just kind of needed to understand the stakes by that point, which we do get at the end. Mm-hmm. No spoiler here, but, you know, (laughs) just expect that you don't get the stakes as soon as you want them. Yeah. And a lot of it is, 
I would say more inner turmoil for the Tessa Thompson character. Yeah. Um, I think some of the most interesting parts for me were the the parts where Andre Holland's character, for example, who plays Tessa Thompson's husband, was talking to his sons and Tessa Thompson like didn't want him talking about like the harsh realities that African American people faced back then and obviously still today. So like that part was really interesting. I really liked the uh the conversation between Tessa Thompson and Bill Camp at the party when they were talking about mm-hmm. how black people can quote unquote pass for white people, but white people couldn't and nor would they and at that time period want to. Mm-hmm. I thought all of that commentary was was pretty fascinating. Absolutely. I yeah, like that was, but it just kind of felt very circular that we mm-hmm. kept kind of having that conversation. And I mean, this is also from a novella wrote written in uh, 1929. Yeah, that was surprising when she said that at the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, but that's also the time period, actually, probably about 30 some years beforehand, Ida B. Wells was writing in Chicago about lynchings that she witnessed in the South. So it's oh, not wow. like that's a new conversation by that point in history either. So that's just kind of a historical context I kind of had in the back of my mind too. Yeah. As a Rebecca Hall fan, did you know that she is mixed race? Because I didn't know that until very recently. Yes. Um, Probably because, so she talked a lot about her mother being an opera singer. Mm -hmm. And so when you look up her mother, there is information about her mother having African-American lineage as well. And she also could potentially be someone who is obviously lighter skinned black person, which I don't know if that's the most appropriate term to use. I know that there are other terms that we have used historically yeah, that are sure. <laughs> very inappropriate. So um, if I'm using inappropriate terms, please educate me. Please don't yell at me. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so I did know that about her. And her mother's actually a really incredible opera singer, if you've ever Oh, I did doing. not know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's interesting that she's kind of equipped, at least in, in that sense, to tell this mm-hmm. story, uh, which is something that I wasn't aware of until very recently. And I'm glad I knew that before going into the film, because yeah. that's certainly something to remember. Um, so one of the feelings that I kind of had about this film is, as you said, I also... It was like I had pretty high expectations for this film. And part of that is you take such a fascinating premise, you cast Ruth Nega and you you cast Tessa Thompson in it. And it's like there's a very, very high floor for how good the movie can be, right? It's never going to be terrible when you have that premise, those actors. And I felt a little bit like this film kind of delivered exactly what I was expecting and didn't necessarily blow me away in any thing further than what I was expecting. Does that make sense? Like it, it sort of gave me the exact product that I was expecting and I expected a good product. So it's still a pretty solid product, but it didn't do anything that made me go, Oh my God, this is more than I thought I was going to get. Yeah. Well, and I also think it probably comes down to as well of like, this is Rebecca Hall's feature directorial debut. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of it, her father, Peter Hall, Sir Peter Hall, is a very famous stage director in the UK. 
he passed away a few years ago, but he was known for putting on a lot of like Shakespearean productions. And that's actually how her parents met was he was doing, I want to say it was Salome and cast her mother in the opera. And that's kind of how they've worked together. And so, I mean, she kind of comes from a very technical background. And I think that that's exactly what we were going to see. So it wasn't going to be earth shattering, but it was going to be one of the most technical pieces you're going to see at Sundance. It's very competent, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, like it, it has that feeling of a very polished and produced not product because product has like a negative connotation, but in the sense that it doesn't feel like some of these other films where it's like people experimenting with things, right? These are very polished filmmaking techniques. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly how it feels. It's like, there's nothing quote unquote Sundancey about it. You know, like you don't get those, wow, that was so out of left field and it either worked completely or didn't for me. It's it's pretty upper middle of the line in my opinion, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what was your like favorite part of the film? I know we've kind of touched on a couple of different things, but if you wanted to single out one thing to to highlight, whether it's a takeaway or just, as you're saying, one of those nice technical pieces of the film, what would that be? So one of the nice kind of stylish things that uh, she did throughout the film was there were a lot of tracking shots of um, Tessa Thompson walking along the brownstones. And I just thought that that visually was gorgeous. So I really enjoyed that. What about you? Um, I really liked the the dance scene. I thought all of that was a lot of fun and to see the different like perspectives from it and to see, <laughs> I really liked Andre Holland in this movie and I liked how he was apprehensive of the Ruth Naga character for a while. And in that scene, when he's kind of like rolling his eyes at her and stuff like that, I thought a lot of that interaction was really fun. Absolutely. But there's a lot to like about this film. You know, again, I, at least for me personally, it didn't like wow me in a way that I was kind of hoping it would, but it's definitely worth checking out. And I'm sure it'll hit a streaming service or something probably sometime in the next year. So I think we'd both recommend that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So to close us out, Morgan, since we're the Movie Marathoners podcast, I've been trying to ask these stupid little closing questions and I was kind of struggling with how to relate running a marathon to this movie. So um, I'm going to sidestep it a little and say, instead of the characters, let's talk about the actors. If you had to run a marathon with one of the actors in this film, who would it be? Physically run a marathon. Physically run. Yeah, I won't force you, but hypothetically. (laughs) Probably, I would say Tessa Thompson, because I feel like she would have a good time doing it. And she would probably be upbeat enough for my cynicism about running that uh, we could probably finish. <laughs> That's a good one. I think I would also pick Tessa Thompson, maybe Alexander Skarsgård, because he's like a, a huge dude and that'd be cool oh, to just like run with yeah, him. If but, just, um, or if he just wanted to pick me up and run, <laughs> that would be good too. That's a Just good like one. piggyback it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing I love about Tessa Thompson, I don't know if you've seen Westworld season three. I have not. Okay, well, there's a scene where she and Evan Rachel Wood are, it's not romantic or anything, but they're like lying in bed together. And Evan Rachel Wood is kind of like big spooning uh, Tessa Thompson. And Evan Rachel Wood looks like twice the size of Tessa Thompson. And since then, I've been like, oh my God, either Evan Rachel Wood is huge 
or Tessa Thompson is really small, but I've always thought that Tessa Thompson, one of the things I really love about her is that she has an amazing presence and she feels mm-hmm. like a huge presence on screen. Like you look at her in uh, like Thor Ragnarok is a really obvious example. She just has like this magnetic almighty presence. So it's like, there's no way she's small, but I looked her up and she's five, four. And so I just think that's so funny to like think of Tessa Thompson because I, I could not imagine towering over her in my head. She towers over me. But running a marathon with her would be fun. I would say so. This is becoming a Tessa Thompson fan account. Yeah. Oh, I love Tessa Thompson. Yeah. 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 Put her in everything. And I mean, Excellent. that's 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 the other thing, of course, right? Like Tessa Thompson can only is not bad in anything. So like even no. if this movie is poorly written, which it's not like you get Tessa Thompson playing a role in the 1920s. She's having fun with it. Um, yeah, I, I really adore Tessa Thompson. So, oh, yeah. So, Morgan, thank you so much for joining me. This was really quick, but I really appreciate you talking with me about it. Um, where can people find your work online? Um, so, as you mentioned, they can find it over at uh, In Their Own League, on Twitter at Their League, um, Shuffle Online. Uh, they're on Twitter at, at Shuffle Online, and then Filmotomy <laughs> also at Filmotomy. So, go check out all of those sites. All of my stuff is up there, and then you can eventually find me on Twitter as well. <laughs> really easy Twitter accounts to follow, but if you're struggling, I will include them in the show notes as well. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks so much. This has been a Movie Marathoners Sundance 5K series episode reviewing Passing. Be sure to stay tuned for more Sundance coverage. You can find all of our Sundance 5K series and the main feature episodes of Movie Marathoners, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, at our website, evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie-marathoners, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and remember that life's a marathon, so let's take it one movie at a time. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.